The content of this podcast is personal opinion of the hosts and guests and is not to be taken, interpreted, or perceived as medical advice on the practice of medicine. Because this has gotten beyond ridiculous. Bring it on, medical board. And it's Bring a- it on, Estes. <laughs> we'll take all of you. Welcome to the Aesthetic Podcast. I am your host, Aesthetic Anne, registered nurse, certified aesthetic nurse specialist, here with our co-host, Sagittarius Sarah. Welcome to Sag season, people. It is December. We are in full Sag. Full Sag. (laughs) What does that mean? Just be on the lookout for type A personalities who think they're really creative. You know, I, I'm an Aquarius, so I know what Aquarians, Aquarians are like, but I really don't care about anybody else. So honestly, I really that don't That is the Aquarius. <laughs> so I really don't even know what a Sagittarius is. I just said we are type A personalities and we think that we're really creative. Yeah, and that's for sure. Yeah. For real. In fact, okay, I have to mention this. We went through yours and your siblings like... um you know, memorabilia the other night. It was actually Wednesday, the night before Thanksgiving. Our keepsake boxes. Our keepsake boxes, yes. And we were purging those, which was, it was really fun. And then remember we came across either your kindergarten or your fourth grade teacher, but she said something about your leadership skills. And I'm like, dang, even in fourth grade. I got it going on. You had your leadership skills going on. I can tell people what to do even as a five-year-old. Oh yeah, for sure. Other five-year-olds, I can tell them what to do. No, you tried to tell me what to do. Yeah. And you actually were pretty successful at it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, today's podcast topics. Well, hi, let's uh, first address the fact that we were like, we're back, baby! And that was like two months ago. Yeah. So, hi, it's after Thanksgiving. We're back again. We are back again with a vengeance. Yeah. Yeah. We got two topics today. Yes. Two for... A two for one. Yeah. So... Our topic today, to begin with, we're going to start talking about the Texas Medical Board. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. The Texas Medical Board, um, I want to, I'm not going to say what I really want to say because I'm trying to be polite, but there's some things going on. And what's even more interesting is Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick believes the same thing or thinks the same thing I do. Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant Dan. That's right. So in the, um, let's see, it was the Austin American on November 27th. Apparently, Lieutenant Governor Patrick is super pissed off with the medical board because the medical board in Texas is behaving like the medical board in Texas always behaves. They think they're the end-all, be-all to every all, and they don't stay in their lane. Who, like... How many people are on the quote-unquote board? Like, who does this consist of? It consists of physicians and physicians only. They've been doing their little shenanigans again. So, apparently, Texas legislature, which is led by the Lieutenant Governor Patrick, approved legislation um, that prevents patients with state-regulated health insurance and who have no choice of selecting medical providers from paying exorbitant medical bills for out-of-network services. And basically the medical board, which, by the way, that does take into effect January 1st, 2020. So So they passed a bill to protect people from, like, insanely outrageous medical bills. Yeah. Because if they don't have access to your standard health insurance. Yeah. Okay. 
And so then... That sounds great. Yeah, it is. And But then in November, the medical board comes along and they created their own little special rules like they like to and, and they put them up for public comment. And that's what I'm going to get to about the, the nurses, the aesthetic nurses here in a moment. But Governor Patrick, or Lieutenant Governor Patrick, is super pissed off because basically the medical board came along, do-do-do-do-do-do-do, and they decided to create their own medical board ruling that creates a loophole in that law. But the medical board meets again on the 5th or 6th of this month, which is just a couple of days away, and they're going to be adopting these rules that have been proposed and they're up for public comment. Well, so then that goes into aesthetic nurses. There is a proposed ruling to rewrite the 193.17 and what they have in their ultimate wisdom, so at first back in March, they were concerned for public and patient safety saying, oh, we can only have med spas owned 100% by physicians because that's going to make the public and all these patients more safe. Well, we called them on that. We're like, no, dude, that's antitrust. Can't do it. So then they backed off of that. But now what they did is they went the complete opposite direction and they want to redefine the definition of qualified and they want to take out like healthcare provider out of the definition of qualified when it comes to injecting people. So basically, they want to allow not only cosmetologists, which an esthetician falls under cosmetology, but they want to make it, they want to deem qualified whomever a physician decides is qualified. So that physician can literally take their front desk person or maybe the part-time janitor on the weekends and say, hey, I'll teach you how to inject these substances if you'd like to learn. Or the and patient I'll, themselves. Yeah. yeah. Give them the Botox and send them home. <laughs> yeah, here. You want it cheaper, $6 a unit? Here, do it yourself. Yeah, DIY. <laughs> well, that's another trend. But basically... It's just, it's ridiculous what they're doing. So I get a little steamed about it. I'm not going to spend too much time on this, but I am super excited to see that even Lieutenant Dan, <laughs> Dan Patrick, <laughs> Lieutenant Governor Patrick, is getting ticked off, like literally pissed off with the medical board because the medical board literally thinks that they can come in and just supersede whatever board or legislation that they want and do their own thing. So... That's not how this works on no. Well, and, you know, I've been trying to be very cordial during our podcast because there's a lot of estheticians out there, and an esthetician is someone who is, has a cosmetology license, and then they get mad because I say that because they have a lot more hours having to do with skin. They don't spend all the time on hair and nails. They have all their hours on skin. Too bad they still can't penetrate the skin of a client or a patient, whatever, in the state of Texas. Right, but they do it anyway because... Well, stop it. Because I am also a cosmetologist, okay? <laughs> I know what we had to go through for school, and if you have extended or um, continuing education with hair, skin, and nails, or just skin, or just nails, whatever, you still do not have the accreditation to be injecting people you don't have anatomy. You don't know what's going on under their skin. Right. Well, and you're you're governed by TDLR. Yeah. That's who you get your license from. Mm -hmm. And it specifically states in your licensure that you cannot take delegation from a physician to do a medical procedure 
even if that physician asks you to, it's against your license. But they're doing it all the time. And so here mm-hmm. the medical board comes along and says, oh, well, we got the power and we're going to we're going to say that physicians can delegate to whomever they want. So they're basically trying to supersede and make themselves more powerful over any other legislative or governing licensing board in the state of Texas. And can you tell I'm a little pissed? A little bit. So I don't mind someone who's been an esthetician. There's a lot of nurses in our industry that began as estheticians. And guess what? They went back to school and became a nurse. So that it's it's in their licensure. It's part I, of what they do for freaking sake. I know. I know. I mean, it just... Uh, yeah, I'm trying not to get so heated. But I've been... I've been really nice. I've been very non-confrontational, but I think that time is over because this has gotten beyond ridiculous. Bring it on, medical board. And it's Bring a- it on, Estes. <laughs> we'll take all of you. But it's a patient safety issue. And as we've discussed before, you know, Botox, in, in all honesty, Botox is not that horrifically dangerous. I mean, it would take several hundred vials for me to, you know, reconstitute and inject all over you or to especially inject in specific areas that would be dangerous Mm -hmm. because we're dealing with cosmetic Botox, not medical Botox. If you don't know what I'm talking about, there's a podcast earlier about that. Mm -hmm. But um, what's really, what the dangerous part is, are the fillers because fillers can occlude, fillers will occlude certain areas. And if you don't understand that, and then you also have disease processes, acute and chronic disease processes that go along with a lot of these decisions on knowing whether you're a candidate or not. And there's just, it's a big patient safety issue. And um, I think the medical board should be absolutely ashamed of themselves. And I think that um, the public and the consumers of Texas need to stand up and not take it anymore. And if you're going to stand up because you don't want to pay exorbitant bills because the medical board thinks that they're better than God and can supersede the legislator, get on board with Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, and start making your voice heard because it's getting freaking ludicrous, people. So you it's said out of control. Hearing on the fifth or the sixth, so yes. either Wednesday or Thursday. So this, by the time you're hearing this, they will they will most likely have had their hearing. But what can they do after listening to this? So it's even though whatever they adopt, which we we expect them, even though we have people writing in um, on those public comments, they probably will adopt this. Um, what they can do is they can call the lieutenant governor's office mm-hmm. and um, tell them that they want to basically, you know, put on record with their name, phone number, or whatever information the lieutenant governor's office asks for, uh-huh. and just make it record that they're not happy with with what the medical board is doing. Mm-hmm. Secondly, I invite them to look up TexasAestheticNurseCoalition.org. And it is TX Aesthetic, which is spelled like aesthetic and A-E-S-T-H-E-T-I-C, nursecoalition.org. Mm-hmm. It's not plural nurses, it's singular. So TX Aesthetic Nursecoalition.org. Or they can find that in your Instagram, your link in your bio. Okay. If you follow Aesthetic Ann RN on Instagram, then just click the link in her bio and it will take you to a link that says T-A-N-C. Cool. Yes, we are T-A-N-C. And we are fighting for the public and the consumer because it has gotten out of control. And you can donate. We would love to have your support financially. because Support the cause. Yes, because it's not over. What does that money go towards? That money is going towards, we, we have hired a political consultant and attorney, and we also have a lobbyist slash attorney. And our lobbyist is a fantastic 
lobbyist. He understands healthcare, and moreover, he understands nurses because he has worked very closely with the Texas Nurse Association for quite a while. So, awesome. um, so there's you're lots of work to, be to able do. To pay them. Yeah, we're raising money for them to be able to do the work that they need to do because mm-hmm. this is basically just beginning. Awesome. But we need the public's help in this. So, if you are listening to this. We need the public's help in this. The best thing you could do is forward this podcast to your friends or family or whomever and ask them to at least listen to the first half of this podcast to find out who Texas Aesthetic Nurse Coalition is and to understand how out of control the medical board is getting. Mm -hmm. And the only way that we can affect change is for the lieutenant governor's office to start hearing and for the medical board to start hearing from the public. Mm Mm-hmm. There we go. Do you think we could make like a post or something that's like Lieutenant Dan for nurses? <laughs> oh my gosh! You think you'd be okay with that? <laughs> Let's, uh, let me let me check with his office on that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Next topic. What else are we talking about today? Okay. Well, we just finished Thanksgiving, and along with Thanksgiving comes lots of food, and we're going into the holiday season, and we're going to have all kinds of parties and alcohol. We're in the thick of it. We're in the thick of it, and we're coming up on Christmas and New Year's and blah, blah, blah. And then what happens with New Year's? Oh, New Year's resolutions. I got to lose that 25 pounds I gained over the last two months. Or oh, my gosh. I know. Be Whoa, a lot. that's a lot. The last five or ten. Whatever it is, whatever you think you gained over the last several months, then we're going to be looking at New Year's resolutions and losing weight and blah, blah, blah. And what's the best way to do that? Well, then a lot of people come to us in the aesthetic industry because they see all this stuff about cool sculpting and true sculpting and fake sculpting <laughs> and so all this sculpting. sculpting. Yeah, hot sculpting, whatever. Um, and I want to talk about that because a lot of it is, I do call it fake sculpting. Okay. It's, What's fake about it? It doesn't really work. Any of it? Okay, so, well, so what are the different kinds? Okay, we'll start there. That's a good question. And I'm going to qualify. It does work, but it works on a very, very small population, and you have to be, like, the perfect candidate. Can we can we talk about how the first time that we talked about this, like, two months ago, you had told me, like, oh, my gosh, that doesn't work, whatever. And I was like, no, that's not true. My friend went, and she lost, like, four inches, and you were like, oh, yeah, how much does she weigh? And I said, probably, like, 130, and she's, like, 5'8", and you were like, that's why. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> doesn't work on fat people. That's right. It works on skinny people that it doesn't, like, they don't actually need it. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, she didn't need it at all. But she was just like, oh, my gosh, I lost four inches off my weight. Oh, isn't that fantastic. And two and a half, two and three quarters was probably water. Yeah, it must be nice to be rich and super skinny now. <laughs> well. Because it was expensive is all I know. Yeah, it's, it's expensive. Okay, so let's cover that. What are we talking about? Okay, so cool sculpting is, that's when they freeze your fat. True sculpting is it's a if heating up the fat. So so personally, I so either freezing or heating. Yeah, and it's pretty uncomfortable. Um, the the heating is not as uncomfortable, and I'm a little bit more of a believer on the heating it up, and I'll tell you why. Is here it, in a is moment. it true that fat cells once you have them they like never go away? The only way that they go away is if you liposuction them out. Right, because they can either like you know. They can shrink. Right. They expand and contract. Yeah. Right. Okay. So what does freezing or heating them do? Well, so if you freeze them, then um, well, first of all, it's uncomfortable as all get out. So they, they basically suction up this part of your fat and clamp on this device that now is a cooling device and it's 
freezing those fat cells. And um, so basically, by freezing those fat cells, the idea is it will kill those fat cells. And as your body warms back up, like after they take the the device off, those frozen fat cells are now dead and they will be expelled by your body like through your lymphatic system. Okay. So, um, but, but literally it's like a butter stick. Like you take it off and the technician that's doing your frozen fat, <laughs> you're doing your cold sculpting, has to soften that up. So, and that hurts like... Oh, because it's like rock hard. It's, it's rock hard. Frozen. Yes. It's rock hard Like numb, fat. basically. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, people get numb. And actually... People can be numb for several days or weeks in that area. So where do you do it? You do it like on a part of your body that's just all fat. So like your stomach, your flanks, stomach, thighs. Yeah, they do inner thigh. Wow. But so what hurts is you've got that technician and they're supposed to like start massaging that pretty aggressively. And that hurts because you've got frozen fat (laughs) now that they're trying to massage. And um, anyway, it's so like with with uh, true sculpting, you know, they keep telling you, well, you know, our patients in the studies had a 20% fat reduction. Well, 20% sounds great, um, but 20% on someone that's like 5'8 and 135 pounds is way different than 20% on someone that's 5'6 five, five, and, and 182 pounds yeah. like myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it doesn't do much. No, it doesn't. I mean, it does a lot for someone who doesn't have a lot, right? But it doesn't do much for someone that has a lot. No, I mean, twenty. If if you go get liposuction, you're definitely going to have a better result than twenty percent fat reduction. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, what's the cost difference? That's that liposuction is like as an invasive much or surgery more than liposuction. Does it really? Yes, liposuction's like that. Seems like a a commitment. Like you're going to be, you're under anesthesia. You're going to be like recovering for, I don't know, like a week. Yeah, it is. That's I mean, it's, a, it's an invasive surgery. But you're and paying it, just a, like the same amount for this, for several treatments of this. Well, so this is the thing with cold sculpting and true sculpting both. They tell you, well, you have to be well hydrated. And they, they give you these things that you need to do, blah, 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 blah. Do they blah, say, blah, like, blah. and you have to go do cardio for, like, an hour and a half well, right afterwards? Well, no, but see, actually, with the true sculpting, the heated one, if you did, you would have much better results. Well, duh, because you're working out. Yeah, well, but so what, okay, so what the heat does, so with the cool sculpting, your fat cells are just frozen, and they sit there, and they, apparently they die, and your, like I said, your lymphatic system kind of clears it out. Uh-huh. With the true sculpting, um, it heats up the fat cell, and now I know this. I'm not going to talk specifically about true sculpting itself. Um, I'm going to talk about just heating up the fat cell in general because I am very specific and, and and accurate on this regarding another type of technology with another type of fat reduction. But when you heat up the fat cell, it it expands the fat cell, causing the fat cell to open and start dumping out the fats, the triglycerides and the different fats, and it dumps that into your body system. So when fat is made available, that's immediate energy. Mm-hmm. So so if, if you work out, it'll just so if you have, right up. Right. If you have that done and then you go work out, 
Um, it doesn't have to be a hard workout. You just need to do something that's going to expend energy. It will that's already made available. So it will go to that and use that instead of like some immediate carbs that you just had or some immediate sugar. Gotcha. Whereas when you work out, a lot of people, what they don't like about working out is you have to work out for a certain length of time, use up your carbs and sugar before your body starts drawing off on your fat reserves. Uh So this basically makes your fat reserves more immediately available. Okay. Does that make sense? Uh So that's why I like it a little bit better. Yeah. For a very high price. Yeah, for a very high price. Um, So I like that a little bit better. But overall, I mean, to get a 20% improvement on something that costs as much or more than having a surgery done. The other thing, too, is... And the surgery is like 100%. Yeah, and the surgery, you're going to recover within a couple of weeks. You're going to have results after your swelling and things. You're going to have immediate results, but then your final results will take like three months or so. But after six weeks, you're going to be very close to your final results. Well, for cool sculpting and true sculpting and any other kind of fake sculpting, you won't even see your results or even come close to seeing results until you're three to five months out. Wow. And like I said, it's still it, it's thousands of dollars. I, ju- I just don't understand why people... I guess the thing is they choose it over, quote, going under the knife. Well, you're not really going under a knife. You're going under a liposuction cannula. And then there are drawbacks to the liposuction cannula, though, because you you draw, you you take out the li or the lipo, the liposites, you take out the fat, um, and it is gone. Those fat cells are gone. In cool sculpting, if it really did work, this would be a similar theory. Those would be gone too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in the true sculpting, it just reduces them. Mm-hmm. They don't really go. Um, so when they're gone and you gain weight. So what happens? The fat cells you have get bigger or you grow fat, not grow fat. You have fat someplace else. The, the fat has to go somewhere. It has to make something bigger. So um, usually people that have had quite a bit of liposuction, um, when they regain weight, other parts of their body start to gain weight and, the, and they usually don't tend to gain weight evenly. Mm-hmm. Right, and then also one of the dangers is they can start gaining weight inside their body cavity because we all have what? Well, we all <laughs> we all have fat that surrounds our organs, but we have minimal uh-huh. fat that surrounds our organs to protect it. Well, what happens is that fat gets bigger and larger. Those fat cells get bigger and larger. So then it's called visceral fat. So then we start carrying more visceral fat, and that's the kind of stuff that gives us heart attacks. Because that's around your organs. That's yeah. not on the, like, by your, you know, outer parts of your skin. Right. It's really hard Ooh. to lose that weight on the, your visceral organs. You can't liposuction around and you your can't kidneys. Li- that no, yeah, no doctor is going to actually break into the body cavity to start liposuctioning your visceral organs. Yeah. So it, around the stomach, you have the greater omentum and you have the lesser omentum. And those are different types of fat that is in your body cavity that's tr- it's and it's made to protect your organs. Yeah, but you don't need a ton. But you don't need a ton of it. And then of course, if if you are gaining a lot of weight and you're obese, um, you will start gaining it there too. Mm-hmm. And that's why when you you know kind of I'm sure every person's quote tipping point is different. But when you gain a certain amount of weight, it gets harder to take off the weight because now this is my theory. I'm gonna I'm gonna Qualify. I'm going to qualify this as my theory. Okay. Um, 
you get to the point where it's harder to lose weight because now you have a lot more internal visceral fat. You know, I mean, yes. does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Because then you're like working out trying to like lose weight and it just, there's too much fat in the way to even do that is what you're saying. Yeah. Cause I think that your body's going, wait, okay, which fat did I start working on <laughs> and doesn't know which one to start working on. So I think that's why, you know, I'm kind of, I'm going to guess it's probably around 80 to hundred pounds where when you gain that much weight, your body really starts having a difficult time figuring out what to do. Yeah. Which body fat to start burning. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I could be wrong. If you're a dietitian or a nutritionist or something out there and you know that, I apologize if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. but it makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. And I usually don't go out on a limb and just kind of make so stuff up. So I'm letting you all know. Yeah. I don't exactly know this for sure because it's a little bit outside of my wheelhouse, but that's my theory. Gotcha. Okay. So don't get cool sculpting or true sculpting. Leave the sculpting to artists. Go get lipo. (laughs) If you're going to do any kind of sculpting, go do some clay sculpting. (laughs) (laughs) Take a class. Go get Play-Doh for your kids. (laughs) Make some Play-Doh sculpting. Get lipo. You can get lipo. I, you know, but some people can go kind of overboard on that. Mm. That's, that's kind of the thing too. It's, and there comes a point where you also, with that, you, people can gain so much weight that some physicians won't do liposuction on them. Mm-hmm. Some will. <laughs> that was really nice. Sorry. You can tell you were yawning with Sorry. that. I'm going to call you out. Sorry. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's a very specific kind of person that is the right candidate. And I just, I have worked in a lot of these places and the cool sculpting and true sculpting are absolutely just big money makers and, the patient is usually the one that doesn't, they get kind of left behind. Mm -hmm. So the med spa or physician's office or whatever is all excited and they're happy because they're making lots of money and then patients are coming back and they're needing to get retreatments. And then actually then the med spa or physician is mad because all the money that they made, they're losing it because now they're having to retreat patients all the time because the patients are complaining that they didn't get any they didn't see any results. And they take photos and they do all this stuff and they do measurements and it proves that they don't get any results. So <laughs> I've seen this over and over. I've seen this a lot for the last three and a half years It's when it's become really big. I've worked at different places that have offered it. Mm-hmm. And if I'm working someplace that's offering it, I usually try to remove myself from it. I really don't want to be involved in the process. Like that's how much I don't believe in this. Mm-hmm. And so I just really want the public to know they really, 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 really need to understand what they're getting into. And so if you're fine with a, and, and they say, you know, also the studies, they show 20% fat reduction. You have to remember those are studies. They picked the best. They probably did 100 patients and they picked the five or 15 best patients that had the best results. Of course. So I'm going to tell you that if you're fine with a 5 to 8% reduction in fat and spending thousands of dollars, go for it. Mm -hmm. thank you guys so much for listening and sharing this so that we can get the word out about the TANC make sure that you go to 
texasaestheticnursecoalition.org or follow the link in Aesthetic and RN's bio on Instagram and donate so that we can move forward with the cause. Support, support, support us, please. Yes, we'll give you an update the next podcast that we have on what's going on. But if you want like more up to date, then make sure that you like the Facebook page and find the group on there, TANC on Facebook. And they have all the information on there about what's going on. And Lieutenant Governor Dan will, I'm sure, help us out. Yes, and if you personally know Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, send him this podcast. Ask him if we can uh, make a poster with him. With Tell him I want to interview him. I want him on the show. Yeah. Thanks for listening, you guys. You can always contact us where? AestheticAnnRN at gmail.com or leave us a review on this podcast. That's kind of like the only way to, I guess, communicate directly with the podcast, but leave us like a five-star review and give us your thoughts. Yeah. If you want, review it, send it to your friends. Anyways, have a great day. We will talk to you guys next time. All right. Bye, guys. Thanks. Bye.